we're going to welcome into the program David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. David, good morning, and, and, and kind of put it into kind of put it into context for us. I mean, what a strange football game we saw yesterday. Yeah, I mean, strange is kind of an understatement at this point. I think, I mean, it's honestly historic, and that, that's not an exaggeration. I think maybe you've seen the stat floating around on on Twitter or other social platforms. This is the first time since they've kept track, going all the way back to 1933, an NFL team scored 39 points and didn't turn the ball over and lost the game. Um, I mean, that's that's amazing. To come back from a deficit like the Cowboys did without even the benefit of a takeaway, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a first, literally. Uh, it's pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> David, let me ask you, did, did, did you, uh, did you happen to see McCarthy's explanation of the going-for-two situation when they were down nine? I did. Uh, and, and, and what I mean, did you – tell, uh, me, tell me what you initially – you know, I know you guys that cover the Cowboys are, are, are all pretty smart math guys. Calvin's pretty smart math. I mean, a bunch of smart math guys around there, Todd Archer. And I know all you guys – I mean, did you – could you make sense of that explanation at all? So, and ironically, I've really – I'm not good at math. That's why I got into journalism, honestly. Uh, and it's it's been interesting to see the debate between – uh, I guess traditional old school football sense versus uh, you know this this new wave of analytics and and crunching the math. I mean statistically, and and it's what Mike McCarthy said is that in a situation like that where you're down by two scores, you want to know as soon as possible whether or not you need the extra score in the two point conversion so you can adjust your strategy accordingly. Uh, to be very honest with you. You know, I've, I've read plenty of stories about it. I understand the logic that you want to know as soon as possible what you need. I really – I struggle to wrap my head around it, even having read all of that, uh, just because and, – and the irony is that it worked out for them. You know, if you say you go for two there and you're down by nine with 457 to play, you got a 99.9% chance of losing the game. you got to have all this stuff go right. And that's exactly what happened. Um you know, the analytics people say you're you're setting yourself up for failure if you slow play it, wait until the very end to get the two-point conversion, because then if you don't get it, you lose the game. Uh, and, and I guess they're right, because it worked out in their favor in this instance. But for my money, I, I still think your probability of, of not losing the game is better doing it the old-fashioned way, but... Who am I to argue when it worked out so perfectly for for that method of doing it? And you yeah, talk I, about I just the, uh, I, I couldn't figure out not wanting. I mean, it's almost like do you want to keep your team in the game? I, it, to me, it's that simple. You you either keep your team in the game or, like you were saying, you're at a ninety nine point nine seven percent chance to lose that and we've talked about this on the show too they air condition the desert for people like that who think they can overcome those odds so certainly i'm sure they would welcome you to come out there let me ask you this so david injury wise what's going on with the cowboys they're playing their fourth and fifth tackle yesterday uh is tyron back what's going on with lyle collins and then possibly do you see or are you hearing anything that they may be doing to try to speed up the time for Vander Esch? Um, well, Leighton, Leighton, I'm probably not even going to be concerned about him until October sometime. That's a that's a six to eight week week deal while his collarbone heals. So, uh, and and Sean Lee had sports hernia surgery. So again, that's a long timeline for him. I think for the time being, you're going to be leaning on Jalen Smith and Joe Thomas uh, and and some of the other backups that they've signed there. 
Um, as far as the offensive line, that's going to be the big question now that you escape that with a win. Tyron Smith, you know, he's probably going to be a week-to-week guy for the time being, and can he get ready with that neck injury? Uh, I know, you know, he's one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. I think, you know, if they were playing tonight, I wonder if that might have been enough time for him to get ready. So I feel cautiously optimistic that he might be available, but it's something we need to keep our eye on. Lyle Collins has at least one more game on injured reserve before he can come back, and then we'll see where he's at after that. So ideally, you can get Tyron back for this trip to Seattle and make it work on the right side between Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele. I thought they both, you know, given the circumstances, I thought they played great. Uh, Obviously not perfect. Steele allowed a sack and had a holding penalty. But, you know, we've seen this team really struggle without their primary tackles before. And obviously they put up 600 yards of offense. It wasn't the case. So, uh, Brandon Knight and, and Terrence Steele deserve a shout-out today for sure. Talking to David Hellman from uh, DallasCowboys.com. David, talk a little bit about the, the onside kick and the, and the absolute superb execution from the kick to the recovery. Yeah, I, 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 I finally came up with an analogy because so many people were baffled by what happened there, and I think I finally figured it out, which if y'all are baseball guys, You've seen this play out a million times if you've watched enough baseball is, uh, you know, a batter will dribble a ball right down the foul line and, the you know, the first or third baseman has a choice to make. Do you sit there and, and let it dribble and hope that it goes foul so that you don't have to risk picking it up and having to make a play? Uh, or do you go after it? And 99 times out of 100, that ball's going to go foul and the rules of the game are going to make the play for you. And I think that's what the Falcons were counting on because if the Cowboys touch it within 10 yards, it's a penalty, they get the ball, game's over. Uh, but if the Falcons touch it within 10 yards, it becomes live. So I think the Falcons players were sitting there watching that thing you know, dribble around saying, we're not going to do the Cowboys a favor and touch this thing and make it a live ball. We're going to wait till it goes 10 yards uh, before we worry about it. Only problem is Greg Zerline kicked it perfectly, and it died right at about the 10-yard mark, and that allowed C.J. Goodwin to fall on it. So I understand the Falcons' rationale, but you're an NFL kick. Uh, you're, you know, you're an NFL hands team. Somebody's got to trust their hands enough to dive on top of that thing. I mean, you. Can't, you just can't let C.J. Goodwin get to it unimpeded like that, but but that's the way it played out. It's 10:36. We're talking Cowboys football this uh, this morning, and and David, one of the other things that we have been discussing is the Cowboys, at least early in the season, and and, and really yesterday in particular, their inability to get off the field on third and fourth down. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I I think this is I'm I'm unique in this approach, where at, like I went into this game saying. Anything the defense can give me is going to be a win. Uh, because I mean, the, the defense and specifically the secondary is the weakness of this entire team. And I just never expected them to have a great day going against the likes of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, so, you know, by that standard, they de- I mean, they definitely didn't get off third uh, the field at all, as often as you'd prefer, but that was probably always going to be the case. The big thing for me is, the number of inexplicable coverage busts. Like, it's one thing to let him drive the field, but Hayden Hurst scores on a touchdown where he's basically all alone in the secondary. Uh, They lost Calvin Ridley down on the goal line for a very easy throw and catch Mm -hmm. touchdown. Like, I can, you know, if Matt Ryan and Julio Jones carve you up for a bunch of third and fourth down conversions, I get it. But the coverage busts are what really troubled me. Well, and let me ask you this, too. I think you're talking about that, the the front and kind of, 
how they've changed the front. Sometimes Lawrence is in a two-point. Sometimes he's in a three-point. They've obviously squared the stances of the inside guys. It is, are they, are they, is Mike Nolan, I mean, is that defense setting the edge? There were probably three times yesterday Atlanta ran toss for nine, ten yards before he, before he was even touched. Is that something that they're addressing and something that you feel like maybe can be worked out and, and, and with the lack of preseason play, that's what's hurt that situation? That's a really good point. I mean, there's no way around it. The front seven is probably your biggest concern right now if you're a Cowboys fan because, I mean, the secondary, we you probably had an idea that they were going to have their struggles. There's just not a lot of proven playmakers back there, and you've got a rookie in Trayvon Diggs trying to you know figure it out as he goes. But the thing that gave you hope was between Demarcus Lawrence, Alden Smith, Everson Griffin, you know, they have all these pro bowlers that they added to this front. They look so good during training camp against the run and the pass. And it just hasn't, it hasn't come to fruition. Obviously they, they couldn't put pressure on Matt Ryan and you're right. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley had a few too many plays where there wasn't a hat on him until he was a good three or four yards down the field. Um, if I'm looking for optimism, yeah, hopefully it just takes time for them to adjust to an all-new scheme. Obviously, you know, Rod Marinelli was effective at times, but it was about as simple a scheme as you could ask for. I think this one's a little bit more complex. Hopefully they can pick it up as they go, because uh, especially, I mean, with a guy like Russell Wilson on deck, that was just not um, – that doesn't give you good vibes for what's coming in week three, that's for sure. <laughs> How impressed were you by the performance of Dak, and do you think he can carry that over into the Seattle game? I mean, I, I'm incredibly impressed. He played amazing, but at the same time, and anybody that follows my work knows that I, I've been pretty firmly in support of Dak for a couple of years. I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, we've, we've seen him do this many, many times. I know it didn't happen in, in 2019 often enough, but even in losses last year, he was capable of doing this. He threw for 400 yards against the Minnesota Vikings in a close game last year. Uh, it always felt like they were one play away, and, and they managed to make that play yesterday. So I have felt confident Dak could do this for a long time, but I, I've said this a few times since the game ended. It's got to feel nice for him. You know, comebacks and, and game-winning drives were kind of a staple of his game for the first three years of his career. He did it six times in 2018. Uh, he helped this team win the game in the fourth quarter you know, on six different occasions two years ago, and then it, it didn't happen for him once last year. It felt like every time the game was in doubt in the fourth quarter, they came up on the wrong end. So I know Dak, is, he's about as confident a guy as I've ever been around, but i got to imagine it feels good for him to, to say – Hey, yeah, I'm still capable of coming through in the clutch when the team needs me to do it. Hey, David, tell us what uh, what uh, what we got on uh, DallasCowboys.com right now. Well, right, you know it's Monday, so we are we're full up with post game coverage. We got you know if you want to read about the onside kick and the game winning field goal, we got that. I wrote a I, I wrote a big long story about Dak and everything I just talked about. And uh, we, you know, we do daily podcasts. So if you need more Cowboys talk, uh, my podcast actually starts in about a half hour. So you can find all that on DallasCowboys.com. We got pretty much any angle you need to have covered. We got it. Hey, David, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Anytime, y'all. Appreciate it. You bet, David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com.